Hey, Javi. <clears throat> Hope you had a good day. Um, yeah, what a day. <laughs> it was just full gas from the gun. Um, so I had a bike change in the neutral um, and ended up like taking the start um, at the very back. And unfortunately, <laughs> it went from the gun. So I saw the front of the bunch 30 days later which is a bit frustrating. Um, I had, okay, average legs at the beginning because obviously from yesterday, um, I had some, uh, yeah, some not bad legs, but heavy legs. And um, yeah, finally we came back on the main group and we found out that this breakaway was gone um, and we were with two with Barbara. So I tried to help her getting bottles, highs and stuff. And then we came into the final with all those climbs. <laughs> so I was just thinking, yeah, it was supposed to be a sprint stage, like a lot of stage this week, but it ended up being a solo rider going and then a reduced bunch um, sprinting for the fourth place. Um, so yeah, we were a bit disappointed in the team. Like we were really hoping for at least having one or two riders able to sprint, but well, tomorrow must be a sprint stage, even if I don't believe it with full categorized climb. Um, yeah, let's see how it's played tomorrow. I will try to find my way to be in the first position for the start and maybe try another breakaway. Um, and see what's happening, but it would be nice. Maybe I'm thinking, yeah, because the day after is super hard, then SD Works is just letting a break with non dangerous riders in it. So now that I took 12 minutes today, probably I won't be a, an obstacle to their GC anymore. So it would be nice to be at the front. <laughs> Let's see. And, um, yeah, I also, I'm also like really glad that my, the two of my teammates were in the really, really <clears throat> last group who were first noted as out of delay on the, on the GC. But in the end, um, they were stopped by a train. So they had to wait for more than two minutes. So they got back those two minutes and they can start tomorrow. So we are happy to be with seven at the start still and uh, enjoying so far the tour. Bienvenue au Tour de France Femmes, c'est la sixième étape, Albi Blagnac. À toi, Albi. All right, we were brought into this episode of the Wheel Talk podcast on the Escape Collective with Audrey Cordon Rigaud's diary from yesterday. She sent it in at about 1 a.m., so it wasn't just a long day for the press, it was also a long day for the riders. Uh, I think everyone's struggling with the late stages over here in Europe. This is where we are. Before we get started with today's episode, my name is Abby Mickey. I'm joined by... Kate Wagner. And Matt Deneuf. Hello. And we, the three of us, plus a bunch of other pretty cool people, are building the best damn bike website on the planet. We need your help, though. Join Escape Collective and get access to all of our content. There was some pretty great content on there today, if, I'm, if I do say so myself. Monthly subscriptions start at only $6.99 US dollars a month, or you can become an annual member and save 30%. For more information and to support our vision, head to escapecollective.com slash join. That's escape collective, like escape to free yourself from your confines. Collective, a group of people who have like-minded views, dot com, I have nothing for that, slash join to become one of us <laughs> can you tell it's getting late in the tour <laughs> okay we have a ton to talk about today stage six of the tour de france femme of x zwift and we got to start with how the day started and that was danny stam the ds the the manager team manager for sd works getting kicked off the race for the incident yesterday with demi volering getting a flat and then um following the car My mom said that Iris did an awesome job of explaining explaining what happened in the race yesterday. So thanks so much to Iris for joining us yesterday to walk us through that. 
But yeah, Danny Stam out of the race. Massive decision by the jury to do that. Uh, I think that they're cracking down pretty hard, which we'll get to later on in the episode as well. And a massive loss for SC Works. They still have Anna Vanderbregen. Not too bad of a person to have in the car. But Danny's been the director for a really long time and has been a massive part of a lot of their wins. So I think for Demi going into the Tourmalade stage, this is a big hit. Yeah. And if they were frustrated last night about the 20-second penalty and the points that they lost, then they would have been even more frustrated this morning uh, to find out that Stam had been kicked off the race um, as our food just arrives here. The... um, the official decision was made based on a couple of things. One, the commissaires went back and looked at the vision from yesterday's stage, but also, uh, which I assume they must have done yesterday, but I don't know if they had more information or what it was, but they said in the uh, their announcement that part of it was on review. But the other part was apparently Stam had some pretty uh, inappropriate words for the jury, um, which contributed to them kicking him off the race. So we don't know what those words were, but they obviously weren't too impressed. Yeah, apparently uh, he he had a lot to say about the jury and the jury didn't like that. So it wasn't all his maneuvers and it wasn't because Demi was pacing. It was because, of yeah, he came up the left side, like Iris said yesterday, and it was really dangerous. Um, I chatted with Heidi Vandeviver today for a story that will go up on the site tomorrow. And she said that the jury seems to be really strict at this race, more so than others, that... Things like what Danny did yesterday happened in the men's peloton, but the jury often turns a blind eye. But it seems like at this race, they're kind of cracking down a bit. And I'm not really sure why they're making the women's peloton an example. But for two days now, it's been pretty It's been pretty fascinating to see their decision process. Do we want to sit, talk about the uh, other ejection from the race now? Yeah, we can talk about it now. It falls under this category. Lotta Hentala and the DS of the AG Insurance Sudal Quickstep team were both thrown out of the race today for apparently holding for her holding on to the car. I chatted with her and she said she wasn't holding on to the car. She would have been out of the race anyway because she wasn't feeling great. But to kind of have that mark on her reputation doesn't feel very good. Another DS thrown out of the race, really. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I wonder what actually happened then if she's saying she didn't do it and the jury's saying that she did. Uh, yeah, and you were saying it wasn't captured on the TV broadcast, was it? So, yeah, who knows? Literally the last time I can remember this happening in the men's Peloton was when uh, one of the Jumbo DSs, I can't remember which one it was, I think it was Marine Zeman, uh, I might have to double check on that, was kicked out um, because he got mad at someone for checking Roglic's bike and like taking it apart. Uh, and he had there's like a really famous image of him like sitting on his laptop by the side of the road watching the race and so Johnny Long one of our contributors brought that up this morning and it's like it's giving laptop at the side of the race buys but yes they I have no idea why they're making an example out of the, the women's peloton because the men's peloton gets away with like everything all the time there's literally like only one exception to that so who knows maybe it'll stick for them too it does mean that two teams are down a ds going into one of the crucial stages of the race and two teams that are favored for the overall we have ashley moon Passio now down a ds and demi volering down a ds so a big blow to both of those teams and both of those riders i think especially ash because she look volering wins a lot ash doesn't get a ton of chances to win and she's really close so i think for her it's a massive blow I'm always curious about how much of a role the DSs have in a crucial moment like that, though, like on the Tourmalet. Like, I know they're obviously important, but on the Tourmalet, it's going to come down to who's got the legs right. And a rider of Ash's experience isn't going to need all that much coaching to know what she has to do. So, yeah, it's not going to be great. Obviously, she'd rather have Knaven there to help her out, but I I wonder how much of an impact it's really going to have. I think for a race like tomorrow, it's more going to make an impact in the build-up to the Tourmalet, and if anything is to go wrong, having someone without experience in the car makes a massive difference. And also just having that security of knowing that you have someone to back you up that has your best interest at heart, hopefully. Uh, I think that's where it would... I think you're right. Like, Ash is super experienced and on the Tourmalet, she she's not going to need someone in her ear telling her what to do. She'll hopefully race on field, but be way more exciting that way than if someone's telling her what to do. Yeah. But yeah, I think 
the stages before the tourmaline are going to be, and especially the descent off the cold dustbin are going to be really... The cold or what? <laughs> are going to be a lot more stressful for two of the riders in the bunch than it would have been yesterday. Yeah, that's fair. But a lot of other things happened today. Should we dive into it? The day started and everybody thought it would be a sprint stage. We've Actually, said that, we've said that for, a few times this week, haven't we? Except for Audrey Cordon Rigaud, who in her audio diary that you just heard, obviously she just said that she, she didn't buy it. She didn't think it was going to be a sprint stage with four categorized climbs. She thought that it was too hard for the, for the Peloton to stay together. Well, she was right. Well, once again, the Peloton went flat out from the gun. There was attacks from the very beginning of the race. The race was super hard. It was another really hot day. And that kind of slowly broke the Peloton apart. There was a single rider that went off the front earlier in the race. Another Canyon Strand rider after their success yesterday. Agnieszka Sonjak Soika went off the front early. She was eventually joined by Sandra Alonso and Emma Norsgaard. And the three of them worked really well together the entire race. It was only in the latter part of the race that they dropped Sandra, Sarah Tizit WNT rider, and the two of them rode to the line together. Behind them, it was mostly Jumbo Visma and DSM doing a lot of the work. Obviously, without Lorena Wiebes, who left yesterday with stomach issues, SC Works didn't need to do any work today, and nobody really looked to them to do work. Yeah, they put in a, a token effort with about three and a half Ks to go. I think Bredevold came to the front for about, I don't know, 15 seconds and then, you know, pieced out back to the back of the bunch. Um, but also shout out to UAE uh, Team ADQ. They did quite a bit of work today. Girl Lizzie Holden was on the front there for a bunch and uh, they did a really good job. The whole chase really kind of reached a really crucial snag. I pers- I wrote in my piece today, I thought that they would catch, do I do the end now? But like, I th- thought that they would catch the breakaway. Like the timing of everything was right. They had them within their sights within this final stretch. But then on the parkour, there was this really hairy corner with the tram lines that caused like a huge crash. And that really interrupted the flow of the chase. And I think that without that, it would have been much, much closer. But uh, I'll be able to leave it to you to tell everyone who won. Um, yeah, we'll get there in a second. I want to talk a little bit more about what happened happened with the in the stage because there was, apart from a couple of the teams that have sprinters still in the race who would have really hoped to win a stage today, like we're going to talk about Charlotte Cool and Mariana Voss who are walking away from this race with nothing. There was also teams that wanted to make the race aggressive, notably FDJ Suez. Mm. Yeah, so many attacks from them. Um, it's like a mouthful of chips here. Um, yeah, Grace Brown, um, Lois Adegeist was up the front for a while. Um, Cavalli was on the attack. Uh, there was somebody else as well, but they were just um, peppering the, the peloton with attacks there for a while. And there was a lot of attacks there. Um, and yeah, they were very keen to to get things moving and ultimately couldn't couldn't get it clear. Yeah, Lidl Trek was another really aggressive team. We saw Lizzie on the attack at one point, yeah, throwback yeah. for the, like, haven't seen her on the attack for quite quite a long time, so it was really awesome to see. Amanda Spratt was up there making moves. But we have an audio diary from one of the FTJ riders, Victoria, who had a much better day today than she's been having this week and got amongst it in the sprint. So <laughs> let's hear from Victoria. Hi, Escape and Abby, uh, stage six. Uh... Well, it was predicted to be a much sprint, but in the end, uh, the breakaway uh, won. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think in the bunch, everyone is really tired. Uh, the start was, uh, yeah, nervous again with some ups and downs. And um, when the breakaway was formed, there was a moment the bunch uh, relaxed. I think uh, sprinters team wanted to wait until after the small climbs of the day to work. But I think that the breakaway was very, very strong. Uh, of course, I congratulate with uh, Emma because she did uh, an impressive ride and I think she really deserved the win. Uh, for me, I was, uh, yeah, I tried to sprint. Uh, maybe I wasted a bit too much energy in the final kilometers to find a good position. Uh, for a moment, I even believed it, but uh, because uh, with uh, yeah, 500 meters to go, I was in a good position. But when I started the sprint, I felt that I was really, really tired. My legs were <laughs> were empty, but yeah, I'm happy with uh, this result because um, if I think uh, about where I was a few days ago, uh, this gives me 
a bit a bit of more confidence but uh, now I'm already thinking about tomorrow's stage it's the queen stage I think everyone in the for the GC was waiting for that since the start uh, because uh, yeah the stages have been really hard in the tour because uh, there were no flat stages always up and down but in the end we haven't seen much of a uh, of the fight for the GC so tomorrow it will be crucial and uh, yeah uh, it's the seventh stage as i said everyone will be very tired but uh, uh, i think there will be fireworks up uh, to the Codaspen and after the tourmalet and uh, yeah i hope uh, the team will do uh, good work to put our leaders in good positions for the climbs and after i think they will uh, <laughs> they will have to do for their their self. All right, so as Kate just mentioned, there was a big crash on the tram lines with one kilometer to go leading into the sprint, which impacted the chase quite a bit and also took down a lot of riders. Ash got caught up in that and Balsamo went down, Tamara Dronova went down, it, a lot of riders went down and it was a really hairy moment. Two of our audio diarists, Jess Allen and Ashley Momopasio both said that it was unnecessary to have those tram lines at that point in the race, so close to the finish. Had it maybe been somewhere else, it wouldn't have been as dangerous. But with one kilometer to go, it was a not a great decision, I think. Yeah, um, Lodica Becky was asked in her um, Yellow Jersey press conference after the stage what she thought of the finale and... She said it, generally it wasn't too bad. There were a lot of roundabouts on the run-in, but she wasn't concerned about that because it meant that it pushed the bunch single file, which kind of made it uh, safer, was her words. But yeah, she called out that roundabout with a kilometre to go with the tram lines and said that it was, was probably just pushing it a little bit too much from the course designers, um, but finished by saying there's nothing that she or anyone else could do. So yeah. Let's really quick hear from Jess and Ash their thoughts on the day hey abby um so today once again a day that seemed to be super predictable turned out to be um the exact opposite so i think this uh, tour de france farm of Swift has really kept everyone on the edge of their seats and guessing to to the final seconds um so yeah once again the breakaway lasted um i'm really happy to see emma take the stage win uh, she was a teammate in the past i know she works super hard and it's really nice to see her get um success at the highest level um yeah it was relatively stressful in the peloton um i did have as easy a day as possible once again my teammates did an incredible job of keeping me safe keeping me hydrated keeping me well fed and helping me save as much energy as possible um, yeah, we were doing a really good job uh, with the leadership of Romy Casper in the final kilometers. Um, but with that uh, train track and chicane in the road, um, yeah, there was an incident which I was caught behind. Thankfully, I didn't go down. I just had to uncleat. Um, and thankfully, it was in the last uh, three kilometers. So nothing lost. I'm just really grateful that I managed to keep it upright um, it seemed really silly to have that, you know, unnecessary danger that led in the race. Um, and, yeah, just wishing everyone who was involved, if anyone came down hard, that that they're fine. And then, yeah, onwards to um, the Tourmalet, the big queen stage uh, tomorrow with Aspen and uh, the Tourmalet. Um, so far, we've been ticking all the boxes. My legs are feeling good and, yeah, confident um, that we can have a really good day tomorrow. So let's see what's in store for us. Hey, mate. Um, yeah, another day done. Stage six ticked off the list. Um, yeah, as a team, we wanted to get into the early break today, but um, unfortunately it didn't happen. I think like when you're this far into a tour, it's not a lack of commitment or anything. It's more just um, if you've got the legs or not, really. Um and yeah unfortunately we just didn't have the legs to go with it and uh we also had alex as a super fast finisher so we backed to that as well um but yeah didn't uh didn't quite get up there in the sprint um probably a bit of a too too dangerous of a final in my opinion um and there was a big crash there 
um, towards the end. And I just, yeah, don't think it's really necessary to be having tram tracks in the last 800 metres of a sprint stage. Um, so, yeah, hopefully everyone's okay that came down. Um, and big congratulations to um, Emma Norsgaard. It's, uh, she's had a pretty rough season and uh, it's super cool to see her get the win, a very well-liked rider as well. And, um, yeah, super good um, and very exciting final. Um, but, yeah, tomorrow tomorrow's the big day, the big Tourmalet day, the big GC battle, um, which will be, I think, a super exciting race. Just had a geese at the weather, actually, and looks like it could be storming on the top, so that'll make things a bit interesting. Um, so, yeah, we're going to best support Arne as, as much as we can. She's climbing really well, and hopefully she can have a super stage, and um, we're all in for her. And then the rest of us, it's just going to be making sure we get to the to the top in time cut, really, um, before the time trial on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, I've got some mates from Girona coming to watch tomorrow, camping out in the Tourmalet. One of my friends, Sally's, made a flag with my face all over it, which is pretty funny. Um, so it'll be really cool to, to ride it. I've never uh, never ridden it before. A couple of girls have done recon, so they know what they're in for. Um, but it's going to be a super tough stage, and yeah, we're ready for it. Hope you're well. Okay, I've been really excited to get to this part of the podcast. <laughs> Emma Norsgaard. After just an epic day on the bike, she was instrumental in the break, having the momentum that they did, and she ended up dropping Agnieszka for the win, and a massive win from her. She crashed out of the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift last year on stage five. It was the, if you remember, the longest stage of that race, and there was a massive pileup with 40 kilometers to go. One of the, the worst possible crashes you can have when it's just a straight road and the bunch is just kind of riding along and they're not going very fast. She broke her collarbone. Ever since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. Like, she had an incredible 2021 season. She started out getting second at La Semin and second at Bruges de Pana. She won finally at Sarah Tizit Festival Elsa Jacobs. She won both road stages and the overall. And then she kind of just carried that throughout the season and had a had a really great 2021 campaign. 2022, she started to kind of change as a rider, and I'll get to that in a second. But she didn't win as much that season. Still, going into the tour last year, she'd won a Giro stage. She'd had some pretty good results, and it was looking good going into the tour. And she crashed out on the fifth stage. Ever since then, she's kind of struggled to come back from that. She crashed again in Strada and broke her collarbone again. And she was out for the whole classics campaign, which is her target of the season and came back for the Vuelta where she finished second on a stage behind Mariana Voss. And then she was able to win her national championship time trial again for the second year in a row. And she had a pretty okay, uh, Balois ladies tour finishing on the podium for, I think three stages, but, Coming into the tour, she said she she was sick at the end of Balois. She didn't know if she would even be selected. And for a rider who in 2021 showed so much promise, it was really a rough a rough year and a half for her. So to take this win is just a massive confidence boost for her. A really interesting turn of events for Movistar with two stage wins of the tour so far and not by Anamique is kind of... We've never really seen that before. We we didn't see Movistar give anyone any leeway at the Giro. It was all all in for Anamique all the time. And Florida Mackay got like a tiny bit of freedom on one stage, but they didn't they didn't have any they, they had all their eggs in one basket. And for this tour, we've really seen them let their other riders shine, which has been super cool. And this win for Emma is just I mean, it's amazing. And you could tell how much it meant for to her at the finish. She thanked her husband, her team, and she was in tears. Florida Mackay was holding both sides of her face. Just everyone was so happy for her. Anamique was happy for her. Kopecky was happy for her. Uh, every audio diary I've listened to is happy for her. She's one of those riders that she just lights up the peloton with her smile and her laugh. And it's, yeah, I, I got to say, like, my favorite win of the race so far. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on something really interesting that she said in her press con or in her exit interview, which like they're like, oh, you're a bit of a sprinter. And she's like, I'm not really a sprinter. Like my role is changing, essentially, is what she said. And I feel like this is really fascinating to me. Something as someone coming from the men's peloton, 
Because like those roles rarely ever change in the men's peloton. Maybe a sprinter becomes a lead out guy. But like what was interesting is that to win from a breakaway isn't just like a matter of like just deciding to do it. You have to have like really remarkable skills, not only in just like being able to suffer in the wind for a really long time, but also having a kind of diplomacy about you, which like, as you said, because she's one of just the most liked people in cycling that she, she made a really interesting point in the press conference, which was that like, she just kept encouraging her companions to stay with her and she kept egging them on. And she's like, Oh, I'm sure they're hearing the same thing in the radios and whatever, but they really stayed together until like the most crucial moment. And I think that is the hardest thing for breakaway riders to do. It's not that they can just time trial in the wind and like take poles or whatever. It's that, that if they're really strong and like Norsgaard arguably has like the strongest sprint of any of those three girls, they she has to convince the other two that it's worthwhile to be in a breakaway with her. And like that's the thing I think that is the hardest for people making that kind of adjustment from being like one kind of writer to maybe pursuing more breakaways. Um, and so it just gives you like kind of an insight into the psychology of cycling, which isn't just about like suffering, but is also about, you know, these very important interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And it's funny because Matt in the press room turned to me and asked, I'm going to bring it up. Well, I was going to bring it up and, and kind of use it as a moment to kind of, uh, yeah, be humble about my mistake, but you bring it up just makes it sound like having a dig. I take it back. You can bring it up. Uh, we were saying in the press room when the three riders were away that uh, we were trying to work out what was going on, and I, I was surprised that the Norse Guard was there because, yeah, while she is a rider that is transitioning to, you know, more of a, a classics-type rider, she is still a strong sprinter, and I figured her best shot would be waiting in the bunch for, for a bunch kick, but... Um, yeah, I guess she she has progressed more as a rider than I realized, and and yeah, what was she, what was she doing in the break? Well, she was winning the stage, so good on her. And I'm really curious what this does for her now. Where does she go to now? What's you know, will it be the classics next year? You know, um, yeah, what are her goals from here? I, I think this is a, a big breakthrough win for her and gets her right back on track after, as you said, a, a difficult period. So yeah, what next? I can actually answer that for you. I did a feature with Emma right after the Vuelta, and we talked about what her focus was. The reason that she is kind of transitioning out of being a sprinter is because she really doesn't like the hectic fast finishes. She said it after stage three of the tour that she she doesn't like sprints like this that are dangerous, and she would rather not. She'd rather sprint from a small group. So while she still has a kick, and she'll always have a kick, she's got that fast twitch muscle. She doesn't like sprinting from a big group because of the danger. She also, I think, thought, rightly or wrongly, that she just can't compete against the likes of Lorena Weebus. And looking at Lorena and looking at the challenge of beating Lorena in a sprint, she thought, okay, well, I can become a really good classics rider, and then I don't have to sprint against Lorena, but I can still sprint faster than a lot of the people I'll be racing against. And that's the transition she made. So going into the future seasons she loves the classics she has so much fun in those races and she told me that she wants to focus on winning the classics and being an incredible teammate for her team during the stage races so transitioning into being someone who can climb if she needs to nothing like we're going to see tomorrow on stage seven but she was hoping that yesterday's stage stage five would have been a little bit easier for her i think S climbs like that is something that she's gonna want to be able to do so she can hold on to that group and, and do work for future gc riders for the team for liana and and that's kind of the thought process she had when she decided okay i don't want to be a bunch sprinter other points to make from the sprint so charlotte cool finished second and Lada Kopecky finished third. She looked very upset about that. You you wrote a story about it. Yeah, I did. I wrote a story uh, focused sort of more on Skalniak's uh, Soshka just because, um, you know, she got very – she was in the winning move but, but couldn't hold on to Norskar at the end there. But, yeah, focusing on the riders that came close today. And, uh, yeah, Cole was one of them finishing second in the sprint. Kopecky was third finishing in the sprint. And um, as I wrote, I think – you know, Kopecky was obviously frustrated to not get the win, particularly given how close they were. But 
she's going to come away from this tour having won a stage, having worn yellow for six stages and maybe with more success in the team still to come, who knows. But for Cole, it was kind of, today was her chance after the, you know, the, the drama of a few days ago with, you know, who was chasing for the sprint and missing out on that, on that one. And she said that in her interview with Eurosport at the end, she used the word nightmare three times to describe how it played out. Um, she said Pfeiffer Georgie gave her a perfect lead out. She was totally in control and did a great sprint, but it, it means absolutely nothing because it's second on the day and they're there to win. And, yeah, I, I've seen very few people as downcast as Charlotte Cool was at the finish today. Speaking to Eurosport, she was just completely devastated by that. Um, so, yeah, she'll leave the race without a win. Mariana Voss will leave the race without a win, which, you know, we've been talking about how we expected her to, to come away with the victory. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a close one today for sure. Yeah. I'm super bummed for Voss. Uh, it's not been a great year for her, so I would have loved to see her win a stage. And I hope that the races come, she has a little bit more luck. I think with the form she's got now worlds is maybe out of the question. Um, Grace Brown said that the course is an absolute beast. So I think it's going to be a lot more selective than we maybe would have initially thought, which means that with her current form, I think Voss is not going to be in the rainbow jersey in uh, two weeks' time. But I still love her, so <laughs> yep, <laughs> she's I'll still the goat. You can't take that away from her. Okay, we have a couple more audio diaries. So let's hear from Audrey Cordon Rago from today's stage and Lucinda Brand. Hey, happy. <clears throat> so about today or not even today, about the tour in general. Yeah, I just think um, this year is pretty crazy fast. Like today we were hoping for like easy, kind of easy day before tomorrow's um Queen stage, but in the end it went full gas from the from the gun again, and uh, and yeah, it happened to be a a sprint, but uh, yeah, we were missing our sprinter unfortunately, so yeah, we were a bit disappointed for this last occasion uh, of a sprint, but tomorrow is another big day with big mountains. It's gonna be quite um, kind of a first time in the tour that we are climbing a very how i can say that uh famous uh, mountain and uh yeah i did the recon of this stage it's actually yeah the last part of it was with those two climbs with aspa and tourmalet but the first part is pretty okay um maybe even um kind of a bunch um, of riders can uh, try to break away um and then probably they will be caught on one of the the big climbs of the day but it's very possible to break away and to take some advantage of this first part of the course so let's let's see how it's how it's uh, written um for my part i want to have uh, a easy day if we can call it a easy day because you still need to climb but uh, i would like to yeah to to be in the gruppetto to chill out and uh, having a good group to 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 come in the in um, at the right time, and then having the the freshest leg uh, legs as possible for the time trial that would be perfect. So yeah, um, what else? Uh, my hairs are becoming uh, more and more uh, terrible day after day. I wake up and I don't do my hair anymore, so I just look shit. Um, got a sore, sore spot uh, this morning, so means that I'm super tired. But, well, I still enjoy it with my teammates. We have good bonding all together. It's very nice to be there all together still with seven, and we hope to finish this tour with seven. That's the, the last goal of this tour. Yes, diary, Lucinda, day six. Yes, now it is. Um, <clears throat> it was Sprinter's Day. It was supposed to be Sprinter's Day. It was still a hard start, if you ask me. Uh, or I just have not good legs anymore. And um, <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, there was some speed in all day, actually, because we had this breakaway. They started chasing full gas in the final, and um, yeah, all the teams were committed for that. 
It was uh, a very tricky final, I have to say. Not super safe, uh, unfortunately, because the rest of the race is super safe. I have to say that too. And um, yeah, we didn't time it correct as a whole bunch because uh, we didn't. Oh, the, oh, my teammates Lizzie, she's sure that we would have catched also the last breakaway rider if we would not have crashed. So then we had a perfect timing. <laughs> But yeah, so unfortunately there was a crash in the final and I hope everybody's just okay. Uh, it's always a pity when something like this happens. Um, did we have any funny things? Well, yeah, our DS forgot she was putting on the button while she had a full gas laugh in the car while we were suffering. So yeah, it was kind of funniest thing of the day, I think. That's yeah. it. Tomorrow I try to have a good look at the sceneries. Okay, a little bit of bad news from the day. So you're not going to hear an audio diary from Veronica Ewers. Unfortunately, she went down pretty hard and broke her clavicle. So not only does she not get to race Worlds, which would have been a huge thing for her being selected for that team, she also isn't going to get to race up the Tourmalet, which is a massive blow for her. She's an incredible climber, and I think she was really just holding out hope that she could pull something off tomorrow. So... A blow to EF Education, Tipco, Silicon Valley Bank, and a, and a blow to Veronica as well. She's incredibly talented, and she's got so much to offer, so I'm sure that she's going to bounce back stronger than ever, and I can't wait to see that from her. Definitely not how you want to leave the tour. No, not much more to add to that, but um, yeah, hopefully her recovery is swift, and uh, I assume she'll be going in for surgery for that and back on the bike pretty soon, hopefully. Um Yeah, never nice to see that the the crash looked pretty bad and the footage of her in the ditch there with the medical staff was was pretty hard to watch. So, um, yeah, sending her healing vibes and all the best. Speaking of tomorrow, before we get to tomorrow, we have one more audio diarist who, who might have a good ride tomorrow, Ella Wiley. Can't wait to see what she can do on the tourmalet, on the cold, the dustbin. <laughs> I don't know. I can't get it out of my head now. Like, it's hilarious. Do you want to explain? Yeah, so for those that didn't catch our preview episode a few weeks ago with um, with Spratty, uh, we had an interesting exchange where the three of us used three different pronunciations for the cold Daspan uh, in the space of about 30 seconds. And some, uh, some keen listeners pointed that out in the Escape Collective Discord uh, in the days afterwards, which I was very glad to see because I had a good chuckle at it in the moment as well. And uh, I was glad that others picked it up. So it will be forever known as the colder dustbin. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing the riders uh, climb the dustbin tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's hear from Ella Wiley. Stage six. We are well over halfway. Uh, it was good to get another day done. It was so hot today. Wow. Um, the heat just because we were exposed all day long not much tree coverage it was so hot I didn't drink enough um, that was a bit of a mistake but it was quite hard because of where the feed zones were and um, quite a lot of speed today and then feeding from the car like the pace was mm, pretty on like a lot of the time so it was just a bit tricky and then There were so many teams feeding at once that it just took ages for the team cars to come. Um, but yeah, we had the best hotel yesterday, which meant that we literally rode our bikes to the start line, which was so lovely. Um, we still got there with a lot of time, so just lots of time to chill. And then after the stage today, it was only 20 minutes to the hotel, so that is also very much welcome and yeah no nah, this hotel is pretty nice um i think it might be a four star <laughs> pretty decent and it has a pool our team checked that out after dinner just kind of went past and had a look um yeah dinner was pretty standard um yeah can't think what else happened in the stage it was a very fast 15 kilometers to the finish um long straight road with a lot of road furniture so lots of roundabouts so 
it was just a washing machine and you had to stay super on top of um, moving forward in the bunch because if you weren't moving forward, you'd just be at the back and I think a few riders dropped. So, yeah, and then unfortunately there was a crash on the corner to the finish line. Um, Me and my teammate got slightly stuck behind it. Um, We had to unclip and kind of go around and my teammate April, I think she actually did fully hit the ground. Um, But, yeah, we're all okay. And ready to start the Tourmalet stage tomorrow. I'm excited. Um, I'm I'm feeling ready. Um, the legs are definitely have six days of racing in them, but um, I'm excited. So yeah. Okay, tomorrow. We're finally here. But first, we travel up the majestic Peak du Midi. And even spend the night, but watch out for bears in the Pyrenees, says Jose about tomorrow's stage in today's historical segment. Bears. I want to see some bears. I love bears. Oh, bears are awesome. Big fan of bears. It's it's a shame for people who've never seen a bear in their life. How can something so terrifying and deadly be so bumbling and innocuous? Have you seen the TikTok of the bear like jumping on the swing? It's time to climb the mighty Tourmalet. It's mostly unknown territory for the women's peloton, although it was part of the 1992 Tour de France for Women, and Leontine van Morsel won that stage. The Tourmalet was included in the men's race all the way back in 1910, and I told you about that during the men's Tour de France, so you can check that on Escape Collective. The 17.1-kilometer long climb has an average gradient of 7.5%, but the final 8 kilometers are by far the steepest. Just before the top, we find La Mongie. It's where you can take the cable car to the Pic du Midi de Bigorre. In 15 minutes, you are at 2,877 meters, and you can marvel at the Pyrenees during the day, but also stay the night. The rooms were occupied up to recent times by the scientists, astronomers and technicians who worked on the Pic du Midi. At the station, you can see the sunset, watch the stars, dine, sleep and then rise extra early for the sunrise again. All inclusive for €509 per person. When you go back to the valley, watch out for bears that live in both the French and Spanish Pyrenees. The brown bear, or Ursus arctos, has always lived in the Pyrenees. In the past, the animals were killed for their fur, and young bears were captured and trained to perform for the public in circuses. The bear's habitat was also shrinking due to the development of mines in the mountains and the construction of transport links through the mountains and valleys. And this forced the animals to look for alternative places to live. And then there was also plenty of hunting for the bears. By 1954, only 70 native Pyrenean brown bears remained. In the 1990s, brown bear numbers were so low that they were nearly extinct. In 1996, the species was then reintroduced in the Pyrenees with three bears from Slovenia. Local farmers opposed the reintroduction program of the bears from the start, fearing that their livestock would be killed. Still, brown bears are largely vegetarian and rarely kill other animals for food. Maybe they can join in for our last snack of the day. No, it's not cheese, but we are going for something sweet. So help yourself and have some spit cake. This sounds horrible. Yes, but we're not talking saliva. Saliva, we are talking a spit in the fire. The cake batter is poured onto a conical spit and from there it bakes and grows. It's a Pyrenean treat called Rocher des Pyrénées, but they have similar cakes around Europe, following the same principle principle of cooking on an open fire. The one we've been all waiting been waiting for, for. most yeah. of the year, right? I've been I waiting mean, for this one. A lot has been talked up about this stage, the back-to-back 
Col de Spin and Col de Tourmalet. The Col de Tourmalet, back to back, 90 kilometers, but a lot of climbing. A, a lot, lot of climbing lot in one day. On. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in the in the preview and, and all that, and there's been lots of talk in the lead up. Uh, I still think Van Vluten's going to attack on the Col de Spin. I still think it's going to be her and Demi at the bottom of the Tourmalet. From there, I don't know what happens, but uh, I'm really excited to see. And I hope we get a battle between more than just those two riders. I hope Ashwoman Passio is up there. She's been so good this week. I hope others are, are in the mix as well. Um, but however it plays out, uh, it's going to be pretty epic. I just hope there are good crowds up there too. You know, it's the sort of climb that a lot of people do tend to come out to for the men's race and for, uh, for tomorrow. Yeah, I hope it's a huge crowd. I, I know of a couple people that are throwing a party there tonight, so already there's parties going on. I think we can definitely expect to see some massive crowds up there. There's a lot of people camping out, a lot of friends of riders that are making the trek out there, which is pretty awesome. A lot of family members also showed up overnight to cheer people on tomorrow. I think it's going to be an incredible stage. And yeah, I think looking at the GC going into tomorrow, tomorrow is when we're going to find out kind of how we're going to have answers to questions that we've been asking ourselves since the Vuelta. And it's really interesting. I think looking at how the race has played out so far that Anamique, this climb suits Anamique a lot more than it suits Demi. If Anamique can hold a steady pace and crack Demi under that, then I think she's got it. But if Demi is explosive enough and just kind of keeps hitting on a meek with attacks before she cracks herself, then it's going to be Demi's. Like, it's really, I, I couldn't pick right now who is going to win tomorrow. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, we've talked about this in the past, but I think the stage probably suits Anamique more. I think if it was a single climb, I would probably back Demi. If they just start at the bottom and went straight up the climb, I'd back Demi. But I think with the colder dustbin beforehand, um, just I think the it just suits Anamique's um, endurance and her ability to go long range, and yeah, we'll find out whether Volong can go with her or not. But uh, yeah, as you say, too close to call I think, and we've we've seen so few moments in this race where those two have gone head to head. There have been a couple, but and Demi was probably slightly ahead. But as we said at the time, that uphill finish um, into Rodez. It was only, I think it was Rodez, it was only a short climb and that's you know, nothing compared to what they'll face tomorrow. Yeah, and and as you said, I really hope it's not just a two-horse race, as Dan Cash would say, but I think that we are going to see some really amazing rides from, from other people in the race that might surprise us. There's definitely some riders that haven't shown their cards yet, Rihanna Marcus being one of them, and it's, yeah can't wait i can't wait to see how cash is climbing she spent a lot of time working on that in the build up to this race so i think she could surprise us i still think it's just going to come down to the two of them but what's interesting is they're not doing the entire climb they're only doing 17k of the cold de tourmalet so were it a little bit longer i think Anamique would be the easy favorite but I think because they've kind of sheared off six kilometers of the climb that it definitely opens up the race a little bit more. Just a heads up to anybody that's planning on watching the race on TV tomorrow. Um, <laughs> don't tune at the same time you've been tuning in the last six days. Uh, this stage is finishing, what, two hours later at least than what they've been finishing, around two hours later than what they have been finishing, which is an absolute nightmare for those of us who are going to be on the mountain. I keep uh, not thinking about it. Yeah, it's going to be not good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're going to watch it on TV, just just check your uh, your local guides to make sure that you don't miss it. Uh, I just wanted to... A lot of listeners of Tour de France Daily will know that I'm big into poetry these days. And I've been reading a lot of Rilke. And I there's a passage in Rilke about pain that I think really fits tomorrow. It's very short. Is pain, as soon as the plowshare laboring naturally reaches a new layer, is pain not good? And what can it mean, the last, interrupting us in the depths of such affliction? If that doesn't describe climbing up the Tourmalet, I don't know what does. 
Yep, I think it's going to be a really interesting day. So make sure to tune in and we'll be back tomorrow with more. No, you're going to. No, wait, I want to talk about it because I jumped like seven spots today. (laughs) I like how you forget every time. And it's always a sense of despair that we have to talk about the Escape Collective Fantasy Competition. But today, today you're happy about it. Well, I'm still not happy about it, but I'm definitely happier than I was yesterday. Shout out to Jace Dupuy, who's leading the uh, Escape Collective Crew League. Um, Good on him. love that guy jace is great and uh in the overall dan n i think he might have been leading yesterday as well um but it's it's so tight at the top whole bunch of people clustered within a few points of each other with only two stages remaining so uh yep congrats to dan n doing a great job and uh see if you can hold on to that lead for the last couple days who have you got for tomorrow I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm locked and loaded. I've got Anamik, so I don't, I don't care. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting choice. Okay. I picked Anamik for stage four, so... Um, used up your pick. Yeah, but maybe I don't think she's going to win tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. You'll find out. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Hello, Abby. Hello, Matt. Um, I'm just I'm just leaving unsolicited voicemails to all my favorite podcasts. That's not true. The first one was solicited. This one isn't. Um, but I just wanted to say hello. It's Matilda here, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. Tilda Price from back in the day. You may remember who I am, but I'm so out of the loop with women cycling. Well, I'm not out of the loop, but I'm not in the inner circle currently. I will be back very soon, but I'm not on the tour and I feel like I've disappeared. But I just wanted to say I'm loving the podcast so much. I love the insight that you guys have with Iris and especially love just the fun and chats that you have. And as someone who's very much missing being at the race, it's nice to have these things to listen to, which make me feel like I'm a part of it a little bit. And I just wanted to drop in an opinion, you know, my hot takes. Um, And I'm going to say it now, like, this tour has been so much better than last year. Would you agree? I don't know if it's just a slightly different perspective because I was there last year and now I'm watching much more of it, but I just feel like the storylines and I mean, even the drama, like I'm not saying that I enjoy the, the quite negative situations that have occurred with disqualifications and Danny Sam and stuff like that, but the drama has made for intrigue and The winners as well, like last year, all the winners were hitters, which is great. But this year, it finally feels like, you know, people who aren't big winners are getting their chance. And these last three wins, I've just loved them so much. Like the way they were achieved, the drama, what it means for those riders and how some really young riders have proved themselves. Or riders like Emma Norsgaard, who have been going through a bit of a change, have proved that they can still win. Yeah, I just think it's it's been amazing and it has been a real privilege actually to get to watch all of it and not have to stress so much about being on the ground. I've still been working, but yeah, it's been really nice. So I just wanted to drop, I know it's not the hottest take I've ever done. Um, I couldn't cook up that much of a hot take, but I just wanted to say hello. And if this just ends up being listened to by Abby and that's it, then that's good too. Um, I just love you guys and I feel like I haven't been saying it enough so yeah have a good day on tour though